Hello listeners and viewers. Welcome to another Monday episode with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Where Sean and Janet talk about everything healthcare. We are live in the KBSN 1470 AM studio. Um, I'm your host Sean Needham along with my wonderful wife and producer Janet. And today we are going to be talking to Harley Brotherton from Kalispell, Montana. He is a compounding pharmacist in Kalispell with Evergreen Compounding Pharmacy. Harley is going to be on the phone with us today. Uh, Harley, welcome to our show. How are you? Good morning, Sean. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? I am doing great. Thanks for calling in and being with us on our show today, Harley. So um, we're going to start and just jump right in. Um, a little bit about your background, Harley. I've been a pharmacist for nearly 20 years. And just like you and Janet, my wife Erin is a pharmacist as well. She's actually got a a year on me there, so uh, we make a great team. Well, hey, my wife has almost four years on me. That's wonderful to hear. So we'll get into that a little bit later about compounding and kind of define what it is and, and you can educate us on that. So let's start with a little bit about your history. You said you worked for an insurance company. So tell me a little bit about that. My experience in pharmacy is mainly rooted in hospital. Uh, however, I do have quite a bit of retail experience as well as some health insurance industry experience. And then about a year and a half ago, uh, Aaron and I got the opportunity to purchase a compounding pharmacy. So now we're compounding and, and we love the opportunity that uh, the future brings in this area of pharmacy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what are you saying when you say um, generic copay versus brand copay? Um, tell me a little bit about that and how a consumer would or may not benefit from that when you saw the inside. So what I saw from the inside is, you know, in a free market, typically insurance company has to um, make a profit, so they're beholden to their shareholders. And so what we were tasked with is, you know, there's lots of different drugs that hit the market, and typically when new therapies come out, they tend to be more expensive, um, which we have to pay attention to cost and clinical outcomes. And where did we are tasked with determining where to set that particular therapy and, and how much the beneficiary of the plan, namely, you know, you as an insurance holder uh, or you as an employee of an insurance plan, uh, <clears throat> pay for the medication. And so, you know, there's many different competing markets on the drugs on the market. So we would have to kind of look at the entire population as a whole and, and try to figure out how we could best cover that. And ultimately, not every person, not every therapy, the same therapy isn't perfect for every person. So we're essentially trying to put circles where squares are. So what you're telling me is a lot of times the health insurance, or most times the health insurance company does really not give the patient um, the most, the, the best drug. They give them the patient, they give them the drug that's going to cost them the least. Is that what you're saying? You know, another piece of this is that uh, setting up pharmacy benefit managers and, and having middlemen and middlemen to process a claim and, you know, obviously trying to maintain fiduciary viability as an insurance claim, you know, plan. Uh, you're trying to provide as much care to the patient 
however, at the lowest effective cost. So it, it absolutely follows exactly what you're saying, uh, Sean. Okay, so you talked about brand names, and I know typically those are pretty expensive. So a patient will pay, a, you know, whatever their copay is, a percentage or or a set dollar fee. What about generics? What What is your experience with, um, you know, in the health insurance industry with um, generic drugs and insurance companies paying for them? Yeah, so with generic drugs, uh, what we've seen is they're typically generally covered on most plans. Um, however, over the last 10 years or so, we have seen uh, less and less coverage and and many generic drugs drugs moving or, or leaving the market, mainly because they were classified as DESI drugs, which uh, have not gone through FDA approval from the early 1900s, so therefore Medicare will not cover them. And in response to that, because there's only one or two makers of the drug now that have gone through the rigorous studies and the costly, you know, expensive process, uh, we've seen those drugs start to skyrocket in price and thus access is starting to decline. Now, is, is it true in your experience that a lot of times the patient would be better not running the generic prescription through their insurance and just paying cash out of pocket and getting a three-month supply instead of a 30-day supply like the insurance um, only allows? Yeah, when it comes to paying out of pocket, a great example in, in the drug world is, you know, the EpiPen where there, for many last few years there's been one manufacturer of that that's been nearly $5,000 a month. Well, there are other competitors on the market that haven't been put on insurance tiers or recognized by them because they are a less expensive alternative. So, you know, you can go to online to many different computer or I'm sorry, uh, discount places or, or work with, again, like your independent pharmacy to pick up these a couple of EpiPens for under $1,000, which is life-saving medication. And, and again, uh, out of pocket. It is incredible. And we need, I think as healthcare providers, we need to do a better job of, of letting patients know about, about that and how a free market can help save them money. So speaking of Medicare Part D, you talked about Medicare Part D. Now, were you in the industry at all before Medicare Part D? Yes, actually, I was in the industry for a couple of years prior to Medicare Part D. Okay. So let me just educate our listeners a little bit on what Medicare Part D is. So Medicare Part D is prescription drug coverage. And up until, help me with the year, Harley, up until 2000, when did Medicare Part D come into effect? 2005. 2005. Medicare Part D came into effect. Up until before then, um, Medicare was enacted in 1964, and there was no prescription drug coverage. It was... Um, seniors had to pay out of pocket from for um, medications. Now I will tell you, I graduated from pharmacy school in 1994, and for so until 2005, um, I experienced where you know a lot of Medicare patients did not have drug coverage. Now here's what's really interesting: when I first got out of school and before 2005, um, the average price of a drug was like $28. Um, the year Medicare Part D passed, the prescription drug prices went up 18%. And now I think an average prescription drug price is over $200, um, which just tells you when there's no free market and there's no cash only consumer anymore, when the seniors were taken out of the cash market, pharmacies, uh, drug companies would raise their prices, pharmacies would raise their prices, and um, because somebody else was paying the bill. The consumer wasn't anymore. So the prices did not have to be competitive. So it's interesting how when a big government program comes into play, 
I think people need to realize that that is what makes healthcare expensive. That is not what makes healthcare less expensive. It's what makes healthcare expensive. And we can share a lot of, a lot of numbers like that. In my book, I write about that. The price of nursing homes and hospital visits um, after 1964 when Medicare was passed um, went up substantially. And of course they did because hospitals and, and nursing homes didn't have to be competitive on pricing anymore So because Medicare is paying the bill. So um, we need to really let consumers know that and that, that there is a way around that. You can still shop with your feet and, and work in the free market. Absolutely, Sean. You know, all government purchases, by definition, are third-party purchases. And, and, you know, we can walk through first, second, third-party differences and the purchases and the differences between those. But ultimately, uh, what that translates to is the person actually using the service is not the one, or consuming the service is not the one paying for it. And when that happens, um, prices go through the roof, quality drops, and we have what we see today, which is high, high prices and poor access. That's right. That's right. And we do need to realize that there still is a free market. Patients just need to find that. And we as healthcare providers should should help them. So tell me a little bit. You mentioned um, you were in a hospital for a while um, before you opened the compounding pharmacy. You were kind of involved in benefits with them too. Is that correct? Yes. When I was in the hospital uh, realm, as costs continue to climb, hospitals are always looking for areas to decrease their overall costs, increase their margins, again, so they can, you know, continue to better serve the community, so to speak. Um, one of the things I was tasked with was, you know, decreasing our drug expenditure. We are, the, the plans are typically self-insured. What that means is employee pays the premium, that premium goes into a checking account, the hospital takes their amount, sends it off to the insurance company that they have selected, and that's how the bill is paid. So, uh, <clears throat> with decreasing costs, the hospitals have gone out, purchased, got into clinics where they've purchased doctor practices. So now they control the physician piece of it and how that's billed. Pharmacy is another huge area where there's a lot of expenditure. So, um, the, the acquisition of small independent pharmacies where then they can turn around and sort of make it financially uh, more feasible for the employees to go to the hospital-owned pharmacy, which essentially removes the choice. You set the price, that's what it is. Um, and then there's lots of other creative back-end things that go on with government contracts that even make it more um, financially um, enticing to the hospitals. So an employer basically is directing, directing where they're um, beneficiaries can go to a doctor or a hospital, correct? That is correct, Sean. Right, and I don't think I don't think most people really like not having a choice and realize people that you have power. It is you that is in control. You can negotiate these things. So do not be a slave to some insurance through your your employer and not be able to go to the doctor or the hospital that you want to go to. So it is about that time for a break. So we are live on KBSN, 1470 AM, Moses Lake. We will be back shortly. Thank you. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. It is Monday, and every Monday, listen to us here at 1 to 2 p.m. We have Harley Brotherton on the phone with us today. Open phone lines, 509-765-1470. 
Harley, let's get back into our discussion. Um, you were talking about a compounding pharmacy. Tell me a little bit about that. So a compounding pharmacy is a pharmacy that makes specialized, individualized medications. It's as much of a service as it is a product that we provide. We make everything from topical creams to lollipops to trochies, things that go underneath the tongue, uh, all hypoallergenic property medications. We make things for animals. We make things for pediatrics, make things for the geriatric population. And essentially, compounding pharmacies serve the unique needs of our population that really big pharma So can't. you're telling me a compounding pharmacist um, does more than just count pills and bill insurance companies? Yes, Sean. We do quite a bit more than bill insurance companies and count pills. There's a lot that goes on in the compounding world, and, and it's so unique and individualized to every patient, and it is truly a, a phenomenal service that we provide all of our patients. Well, as, as you know, um, Jen and I have a compounding pharmacy also, and we, we believe in it. We have a passion for it. Um, I teach the advanced compounding course at the University of Washington, Pharmacy 525, and one thing I tell the students, and I tell everybody this about compounding, I believe compounding is the past, present, and future of pharmacy. It's something that pharmacists have done for years, um, thousands of years. Um, in the 1950s, you know, we largely gave that up to, to drug companies and let, them, and let them make everything. But there's a resurgence of, it, a resurgence of it because drug companies cannot meet the individual needs of every patient for sure. So tell me a little bit about veterinary compounding. What is, why would you have to make something for an animal? Yeah, pet compounding is, is absolutely a very unique service. What we see here in our area, we do a ton of compounding for animals. And two probably uh, smaller animals are the most effective, which are dogs and cats. Dogs tend to be more affected with seizures. So we do capsules and suspensions and doggy treats for them. Uh, and we flavor them with like grilled chicken flavor, uh, grilled beef, roasted chicken. Uh, a lot of dogs like marshmallow, interestingly. And then cats, especially in this area, tend to have a lot of thyroid problems where they need to be on a thyroid medication. Some can take it uh, in the form of a little liquid. Cats typically don't like pills. And we flavor those with tuna fish or roasted chicken. Uh, and then for those real finicky cats, we give them an ear gel where we instruct the owner to put a little finger caught on and apply it to that little vein in their inner ear and that keeps their thyroid in check and keeps the owners happy. We've even done things for horses, we've done things for toucans, for toucans that you know pluck their feathers and typically by the time an owner gets to our compounding pharmacy they've gone through tons of other trials and nothing's working and so when they leave our pharmacy it's quite rewarding because they're extremely happy and uh we really make a difference in those, not only the pet's life, but the owner's life as well. So it's kind of a double whammy. So tell me about what did you do for a toucan and how was the owner, how appreciative was the owner? So for the toucan, kind of interesting, as I kind of mentioned earlier, they're kind of notorious for plucking their feathers. And a lot of that's in response to environment or um, anxiety. And, you know, here in Montana, we it's not like we have a tropical environment. So there's stressors that come with that. And if new ownership or... At any rate, this toucan was a little older toucan and had some stress in its life. And the vet had tried a couple different behavior modifying agents or anti uh, antihistamines to help and just couldn't, very, very limited success. So calls up, says, What could we do? Could we do a little banana tutti frutti flavored thing that we could put in a solution that, that we could 
uh, try to get the toucan to see as a treat. Um, so I took a couple tries. First one was somewhat successful, but we finally settled on a, a banana apple flavor that we put into a little syringe that then literally the owner drew up and put it in the bird's beak. And, and uh, about three to four weeks later, uh, the picking the the bird i mean almost immediately the picking quit but then the bird started to regain their feathers the behavior started to change and uh, you know the owner came back in and gave us a huge hug and and it was just super rewarding to see and um, many times people will want to bring their animals in to show us you know what they look like now and what after the therapy how they're doing and whether it's a short therapy or a long therapy but in general that's kind of the toucan story so it's very exciting that is so cool. I'm I'm so happy for you, Harley, and so proud of you and your wife, what you guys are accomplishing. I know when I first met you, probably almost 20 years ago now, when I first met you, I knew that you were not a typical pharmacist, and I knew someday you would be an entrepreneur and working for yourself because I could just tell that you were different, and I, it's been like we reconnected last year, and it was 15 years before that, but I, I knew that there was something special in you, so I'm, I'm really happy for you. Well, I appreciate that, Sean, and you know you're a big part of that. Uh, even when I connected with you 20 years ago and watched you progress, it's uh, you're an inspiration to all of us, and should, a great example for where the medical community should go. That's awesome, and of course, I think we have to give a plug for our wives. I mean, choosing our wives makes it makes it uh, kind of helps that whole situation. Absolutely, I couldn't agree agree more with you, Sean, on that. I mean, uh, choosing the right wife, and especially one that. Uh, shares the same passion that we do and is supportive of the good ideas and brings us back on the ones that make our eyebrows go up is is so fortunate to have that and just makes a, a great team. So thanks. Awesome. So veterinary stories, what about some other things? Why would you need, why would somebody need a compounding pharmacist? Give us some other situations. Another example where compounding pharmacy really helps people is in hormone replacement therapy. Uh, as obviously as we all age, our, our bodies don't work as efficiently and our hormone production drops. And so replacing that, especially in uh, women uh, you know, who go through menopause and as well as men who go through andropause, replacing therapies is uh, not only is a huge, you know, makes a person feel better, but it's good for them and improves their quality of life and, and uh, just it helps with the aging process to people so people can fulfill and you know live a really good quality of life into their kind of golden years so to speak that's what i love about compounding is you know we're able to use our chemistry background and you know what we actually learned in school to make a good product and i felt that i wasn't really you know using all of the knowledge that i learned in pharmacy school when i was just counting pills and billing people's insurance so I really feel that I get to make a difference in people's lives now with compounding because it's an individualized treatment. I couldn't agree more with you, Sean. I mean, as pharmacists, we need to be lifelong learners. And, you know, the way the industry has gone the last 50 years, it's it's just turned our profession into this root behavior, you know, um, grind. And those of us who, who choose to get back to those roots and really spend the time to improve ourselves and continue to learn you know everybody in in our who we serve and take care of colleagues patients uh, other disciplines doctors nurses uh, we have so much we can bring to the table to help people and that is what is the most exciting about compounding because we are creating that niche that space to really help people 
Absolutely. We don't stop learning when we get out of school. I mean, really, honestly, it just starts, and that's that's how we're able to stay on top of things. So, so tell me a, a good patient story. What you have a good patient story about hormone replacement? Hey, sure. A great uh, HRT replacement story is, you know, we had this patient come into the office, and they had, or I'm sorry, into the pharmacy, and they do this quite often where they say, hey, this is what I've been doing, this is how I'm feeling, this is what it's costing me, and uh, you know, I'm wondering if there's some alternatives. How can you help? So what we ended up doing is, you know, she'd been spending $300 a month on this commercial product that wasn't working very well and wasn't improving her symptoms. And she got a little bit of benefit, but but nothing like we could. So, you know, ultimately, I, I call the nurse practitioner. I get her on the phone. We kind of talk through. She pulls the chart up. We actually collaborate over the phone and determine a, a way to start with this patient so you know uh, we devised or I kind of devised a formulation that's a good starting thing a starting dose so to speak and we, we put this cream together I bring her back in literally within a week um, and we start her slow and then we just kind of check in about every week and she calls me tells me how she's doing and, and that's another piece I love is you know most places you go pick up a pill and you finish the course and you never talk to a pharmacist again. Well, here it's a constant dialogue, and some of our phone conversations with our patients can be 10, 15 minutes. And the questions they ask and how engaged in their health care, but hey, I digress on that. But, but that is part of the therapy, right? And so um, within inside of three months, we had her sleeping like a baby again. We had her energy increased. We had many of her symptoms completely resolved, which uh, all that did was, well, improve her quality of life. Um, It gave her a spring in her step. Um, She has since had friends come in and are following down the same path, right? Because those testimonials for people of when they have good improvement just spreads like wildfire. And it's good for us and good for them because that provider is helping people. Um, And then we indirectly are, or we directly are as well. Uh, and and then her, you know, situation with her spouse at home had improved. The quality of life was better. They're having a better relationship. So it's just such this huge trickle down effect, and and all based on some basic interdisciplinary team approach of, hey, here's what they're good at. Here's what I'm good at. Here's where we see the same lab work and same symptoms, but with from a different lens, and it really highlights how specifically unique compounding is, but then also how important that interdisciplinary team approach is. And <clears throat> and like you said, you know, the lifelong learning starts when we become our pharmacist or our trade or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a super rewarding story, and, and I love telling it. Thanks for asking, Sean. Yeah, I, I echo that. We get those calls almost every day or a note of encouragement or a thank you, and, you know, you're, you're changing lives, Harley. I mean, how special is that? How cool is that? Yeah, so I never would have thought in all my years in pharmacy that things would have been this exciting and, and this rewarding to get those calls and, and really to just uh, have a day, every day filled with something new and something exciting. So That's wonderful. So speaking of that, so it sounds like you work with an individual doctor and the patient and the pharmacist. There's just three people in that in that triad, right? Okay, so there's no insurance company involved? Okay, so tell me a little bit about that. So when it comes to billing, you're absolutely right. This the, the triad is the patient, the doctor, and me, the pharmacist, or we. 
and we do not bill insurance. We have chosen to not bill insurance because we believe it's the right thing. Um, we do, however, provide our patients with a claim form so they can work directly with their insurance. They're the one who pay the premiums to them. They work with them on, on the money piece. But, um, you know, removing that out of the middle uh, and doing direct, direct consumer purchasing and, you know, establishing free market in pharmacy has done quite a bit for us. Uh, it, it's better for us. It's, uh, and obviously easier, better clinically for the patient. And because of that, we set our pricing at a place that is affordable for people where they see the value in it. Um, and it's just really a win-win. Um, I can't stress that enough. That's awesome. I like to hear it. And you being inside the industry, the insurance industry, you definitely knew how, you know, costs would get artificially inflated because there's so many people involved. So when it's just you and a patient involved, you can offer something better at a lower price. And not just something better, but something specifically for that patient, not something that the insurance company or that person's employer decided that was better. So what is the average price? I know that's a very, very generic statement, but what would be the average price of a hormone replacement um, for for 90 days at your pharmacy? You know, an average price for multiple hormone replacement therapies, you know, we're under $100 for a three-month supply yet, or right around there. And, um, so, yeah, customized thyro- thyroid dosing um, is, is under $100 for a 100-day supply. So, as you can see, um, pricing is extremely competitive. And and, uh, and you're talking about this gal that came into you. She was spending over, it would have been over $300 out of her pocket per month for her therapy, right? So you're saving her $900 every three months. And you're getting her something better. Amazing. I love it. I love it when free markets work like that because that's how it works. And the doctor that she went to, I'm assuming, is the same way. It was between her and the doctor, not some insurance company, correct? And she got better service that way and a better product. Awesome. I love it. And a lot of people don't realize that. But when they don't use their insurance, sometimes they get something better. And that's one of the reasons that we are talking to two people like you, Harley, that are entrepreneurs and not being a slave to those insurance those insurance models because that's kind of what it is. And I believe that healthcare professionals in some ways that are in that system, and that's one of the reasons I got out, was I felt like I was an accessory to the crime. And here I was in a system that I didn't really believe in and making things more expensive. So that's one of the reasons that I got out. All right, it is that time for another commercial break. Hello. And welcome back to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We have Harley Brotherton on the line with us today. Harley, um, we're in our last segment now. Um, So I got a question for you. We talked about your pharmacy a little bit. So what is the goal of your pharmacy in the future? So our goal for our pharmacy in the future is is really about passion about education. We want to help educate our customers, our patients, the public um, about health right and how we can how we as a pharmacy and as pharmacists can help them get better with their health we're we're not a traditional pharmacy we're a wellness pharmacy so to speak um we want to help people empower reclaim the roots of their health is kind of what what aaron and i talk about um you know we want to accomplish that through increasing our hrt therapy for men and women especially men uh you know 
women are very good at accessing care, men not so much. And so, you know, vets, the vet population is huge. You know, more and more people get their pets. And we live in a valley where there are tons of uh, veterinarians and people love animals. So, um, you know, uh, dietary, food, um, neurochemical balancing in, in the brain, right? Because our brain controls everything. And if our mindsets aren't, aren't right, we're not going to take the approach to get well and stay well and, and adapt that lifestyle. How can we come alongside people to help them improve their quality and quantity of life? So when we talk about hormones a little bit, I, I just want to let you know, and that's what our pharmacy really specializes in. We have a passion for helping patients balance their hormones, and we've been doing that for 20-plus years now. And we, we work with providers all over the Pacific Northwest, and Janet and I just have changed so many people's lives that we just love that topic. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go down that road a little bit, Harley. So what when you talk about hormone replacement for women, do you typically send them to a doctor that specializes in hormone replacement or do you work with their primary care doctor? How does that work? In general, uh, HRT replacement therapy, we send to people who specialize in that. Now there is the allopathic approach, which are medically trained doctors, nurse practitioners, physician assistants. And then there's also the naturopathic approach, which are NDs. And most of them typically, uh, they specialize in that. So we see more providers in the naturopathic world understanding how to balance the hormones. Um, We do see um, people in the allopathic world from the functional medicine approach or integrative medicine approach. Those are all kind of terms we use. I I think that's, well, I believe that's where our pharmacy fits is is we work with both sides, but I would say in general, we we typically work more on tending to the naturopathic side um, because that's where most of the expertise is, you know, at this current time. So, and I know that's changing and the fields are continually growing and, and, you know, it's the beauty of as we progress. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for telling us about that. So for our listeners, let's, if you don't mind, let's go over some definitions. You talked about a naturopath. What is a naturopathic physician? Well, a naturopathic physician is, is an ND, is their designation and they're trained um, more from the quote natural or Eastern medicine approach, I, I guess for probably the best way I'd describe it. Uh, you want to elaborate a little bit on that, Sean? Well, yeah, no, you're doing a great job. So I, I think a naturopath just kind of, well, you've already answered the question a little bit. It's it's more of a functional approach, a whole body approach. So it's not a, just about prescribing a drug to treat a symptom. It's about why are those symptoms coming up? And if your diet can be changed or if your rest can be changed or if exercise can be changed, and you do need something to go along with that, then that's great. That's what a natural, that's what a naturopathic approach is to me. And talk about, let's go ahead and define, you want to go ahead and define integrative approach? Yeah, the integrative approach is where you take the allopathic physician or the MD trained or, you know, Western medicine trained with the naturopathic approach and you marry the two together. So you're kind of pulling from both areas of study. Um, and you can be a allopathic pain trained doctor going down the naturopath or the um, integrative medicine slash functional medicine approach. Or you can be a naturopathic trained f- physician and trying to pull from um, both. Most integrative approaches can go both ways. Um, so I don't think it leans heavily either way. But uh, that's how I would define integrative approach. Yeah, that's great. So, and I think functional medicine, functional medicine is probably the newest of those terms. It just came out a few years ago. 
and we are actually having somebody that's just going to talk about functional medicine on our show in February. We're booking out guests in our show uh, until February, so she's going to be on and talk about more about functional medicine. But yeah, functional medicine is more about you know treating the problem, not just treating symptoms. And there are so many things that are that are related to so many disease states that we see today in our society, whether it be hypertension, high blood pressure, um, sleep apnea, depression, and even things from, um, you know, knee pain and hip pain. Uh, those are things that many people find it hard to believe, but those things can be fixed with lifestyle changes. Um, and, you know, rather than just treating it with surgery or a drug, functional medicine is going to go in and see what the root of the problem is and fix it from that route. Um, so tell me a story. Do you work with, do you work with a doctor that specifically works with functional medicine? Yes, we do have one provider that did work in a functional medicine clinic down in Texas for about a year, year and a half, and she's now in the Valley. So, uh, you know, again, it's a new practice and we are just starting to build that relationship and uh, it's been exciting to see the different approach and how the uh, the need and how the treatments will continue to move so we're excited about it so I don't want to put you on the spot but I'm going to put you on the spot do you you haven't worked with anybody directly with a function with functional medicine in, in Calspell but have you worked with somebody with functional medicine outside of Calspell yes there there is a functional medicine provider um, that is kind of south of the valley not a real active provider but uh, there there are new ones coming we we have a provider kind of starting the first of the year here in the flathead who is allopathically trained and going to take the functional medicine bro approach you know also focusing on um, on recovery and central nervous system you know brain activity uh, of course then we do have our naturopaths and a lot of those here in the valley do take that functional medicine approach as well um, and then we have ones that we work with out throughout the state as well so we've got a pretty good uh, network of physicians that we work with all the way around so do you have a story at all to share that how a functional medicine um, doctor helped one of your patients you know, get off a medication, a really expensive medication, or, or prevent surgery or something like that. Do you have a story like that? I guess we do have one patient that, you know, had been seen traditionally through the allopathic approach and had been diagnosed, had been all these immune modulating agents, and, and finally came back to where the actual root cause of the problem was a Lyme disease and went through a pretty extensive therapy where finally the uh, functional medicine did some different therapies on how they treated the Lyme disease and symptoms got better and they were able to be removed off of many of those immune modulating agents that were really just treating the symptoms of the Lyme's, not the actual Lyme's itself. Um, you know, I know there are other cases in the Valley that are similar. We don't see a lot of those just yet, but, uh, but that is, that is one example of a patient where that functional medicine approach really, um, got to the root of the problem and and not only did the patient get better but they also you know improved their financial situation improved all got rid of all the other medications that were unnecessary and uh, felt much better and are, are from what i can tell still continuing to improve and doing well that's a great story we see those quite often actually i can think of one one of the biggest stories i know of is a, a a physician was, and he was actually a doctor himself, and he was working with a 
a functional medicine doctor and he was having GI symptoms, all, all kinds of like ulcerative colitis type issues and um, a very expensive biotech drug was was prescribed. And, you know, it's like $4,000 a month. I can't even remember the name. I don't know if you remember know the name of that drug, Harley. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but it's really, really expensive and I, it's also used to treat IBS. And of course there's a lot of patients on, uh, especially female patients that are on this drug for quote unquote IBS but not once has the, uh, usually their physician that prescribes this really looked into the underlying issues and could it be diet related. So this guy worked with a, a functional medicine doctor and was able to get off that $4,000 a month drug and work on, on diet issues and it actually fixed his problem. And that's what I like about functional medicine is it's not just throwing a drug at the symptoms, it's actually fixing the problem. Another, another great story is headaches. How many times do you see a, a male or female, a lot of times it's female, especially if it follows their cycles, and they've been having headache issues for years and years and years, and it follows their cycles, and of course they've been to neurologists all over the state, including the University of Washington, and they've had all these special studies and CT scans and MRIs, and of course, really, they were lacking some type of hormone, a lot of times progesterone, and the progesterone can help their cyclical headaches. They don't need some fancy expensive drug, they don't need some expensive diagnostic test. Um, you know, treat the root of the problem, not just not just the symptom. So, Harley, in, you said in the future, is there any other services that you want to offer at your pharmacy? You, you talked about some of them, any, any new services that you can think of? Yeah, a couple new areas and services that we'd like to provide our pharmacy is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, women are really good at accessing care, men are not. And in general, as a guy, right, that's, we just, we we like to see our wives get better and then, you know, we get them feeling better, then all of a sudden, well, then maybe there's something to this. But, but I have a passion for men and, and testosterone therapy for men and just overall health, energy, other men's issues. Um, I, I'd like to see... There's, you know, way more than just testosterone. That's just a great example because, again, it gets guys feeling better. Then they can start approaching with weight and diet and exercise and, you know, all the, the trail, everything that follows with that. Uh, you know, food allergies are a passion of ours, too, because, you know, food is a medicine. And what we've done to our supply chain of food here in our country, I think, has created a lot of problems. You know, food allergy testing's come a long ways. I think it still has ways to go, but there is a place for that. For that. And uh, I'd like to see us kind of get into that um you know nutraceuticals obviously and good quality supplement supplementation of of you know uh, products that that you don't necessarily always need um you know that are available through us um we'd like to you know just just make sure that what we do provide for people is a good service um because it's that, that's what we're about is there's a lot more than just product that we have but the knowledge that we can share and how we can efficiently uh, treat people and get them uh, feeling their best. So, awesome. We'll um, finish that conversation up. Let's go to a quick break. You are you are on the air with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We'll see you soon. Welcome back, listeners. This is Sean Needham with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Listen to us here every Monday, one to two p.m. We have Harley Brotherton on the line still. And we will be finishing up with him shortly. You know, Harley, you mentioned, um, you know, men's health and 
I think that's something that can get overlooked sometimes. I think we're so used to um, treating women's hormones, and I know one of the best ways to get men in to see their doctor or you know get their hormones balanced is to to get their wives feeling better first. Absolutely, Sean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's huge. Is we gotta follow our wives' examples and and really take good care of ourselves, get feeling better. So you know, we can make those same behavior, come alongside with them and, and work with them. And we're a team. And really, that approach should be the pr- best approach for a long, prosperous life, so to speak. And another thing you mentioned, too, and I, I believe in it wholeheartedly, is that, you know, as parents, we need to be good role models for our children. And, you know, so exercise and and eating so, is so important in in, in what they see from us, because they, they, they will instill lifelong habits from us. So Harley, in, so how can people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of us a few different ways. First, just call the main pharmacy, 406-257-2083, option three, gets right to me, the pharmacist, or Erin, if she's working that day. You can visit our website, www.myevergreenrx.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page where we post lots of educational events um, and just insights for people. And then finally, stop in and see us, 2640 U.S. Highway 2 East in Kalispell, Montana. And uh, we're here 8 to 5.30, Monday through Friday, and would love to help in any way we can. Thanks a million, Sean. Awesome, Harley. It was nice chatting with you. Thank you so much for being on our show. There's another episode, folks, with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We will talk to you next Monday.